0: This is your award-winning BCFM on 93.2, 24 hours a day.
1: This is the award-winning environmental radio show uh, where we talk all things environmental in Bristol, the UK and the rest of the world. My name's Jonah Gentry. I'm presenting this programme for several months for the amazing Penny Southgate, who's having a well-deserved break. Um, We're going to be looking at some news stories related to the environment, both in Bristol and further afield. We're going to play some tunes. And today we have a really exciting interview with Linda Benfield, one of the organisers of the Green Gathering, which is the original off-grid festival happening this August near Chepstow. And Linda's going to be telling us all about that, what the festival does, how people can attend and yeah it sounds like it's not just any ordinary festival. Morning Linda, how are you? Good morning, I'm fine thank you. <laughs> You're very good. Um, so welcome to One Love One Planet, uh, thank you for joining us and settling for what is sure to be an interesting art. That was Long Live Rock and Roll by Dottie. That wasn't the song I intended to play, but it, it's very fitting because we're going to be talking about a music festival shortly. Um, but before we get to that, let's go through our our news headlines of the week. Now, we couldn't uh, not mention the massive heat wave obviously happening uh, this week, the global heat wave that's affecting parts of Europe, Asia and North America that are preparing for record heat with health warnings and evacuations. The Guardian is actually doing a live uh, update blog of this because there's lots of developments happening and it's obviously quite scary. Sicilia and Sardinia are expected to see the highest ever temperature in Europe today. Europe is apparently the world's fastest warming continent. Um, Heat stroke alerts are in place for Tokyo and other nearby areas. Phoenix um, in the US is expected to break break a record for the length of heat wave. It's experiencing its 19th straight day of temperatures over 43.3 degrees celsius Uh, Nearly 230 people in Guangdong in China were evacuated on Monday before Typhoon Talim struck. Um, And in Beijing, uh, the US Climate Envoy John Kerry has said that um, there needs to be a change uh, with the US and China and change the broader relationship through climate talks. Wildfires outside Athens have forced thousands to flee seaside resorts, have closed highways and gutted vacation homes. In South Korea, rescue workers have recovered bodies after a flooded underpass where more than a dozen people died in flash floods. And the demand for power in Texas hit a record high on Monday as homes and businesses kept air conditioners cranked up to escape the heat wave. Um, obviously, air conditioners very good at keeping uh, humans cool, but can actually then increase the temperature of the local area because it obviously requires heat and power to do so so yeah it's uh it's not looking good for the climate at the minute and i think linda we were talking before we came on air about you've been involved in kind of climate activism for decades and you were saying it's quite frustrating that people who are kind of calling you a tree hugger decades ago and now it's it's all coming you know it, it's all kicking in it seems to be getting quite serious year on year
0: yes absolutely um if people had just listened 30 years ago we wouldn't be in the situation we're in but we are where we are and we've all got to work together now to try and live through this and keep life going.
1: Yeah and I think sometimes when I I start getting feeling uh, depressed or frustrated about the climate crisis I remember that like you know every little bit every you know life that we can save or every bit of suffering we can stop is still worth doing you know every Uh, degree or percentage of a degree that we don't increase is going to save lives so it is still you know even when we break tipping points it's still worth continuing and I mean yeah you must have you must have that resilience and you've been doing it for over 30 years
0: yes absolutely the big thing I think is going to happen is there's going to be a lot of migration of people out of areas where life is just not sustainable because temperatures are constantly over 50 degrees. And I think we all need to learn how to adapt and live with these changes. We need to make more effort to grow our own food and look at our own resilience and keep ourselves going. It's, it's going to be a very, very difficult decade I think as it all starts to come on top and we do need to keep down below that two degree rise but we're already at 1.5 and it's quite scary. Yeah,
1: okay. So we're well, looking at something uh, more hopeful now. Another headline you drew my attention to. This is an article in EcoWatch. Uh, Scientists create biodegradable plastics made from spirulina. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, I've just skimmed this article, but you have read it already. Can you sort of sum up for people what, you, what it's about?
0: Well, what they've done is they've worked out how to make plastics with a... Um, or- a microorganism which is very freely available. They've now worked it so that it can be worked in look much the same as a normal plastic. But the joy of it is, is it rots down in the same amount of time as it takes banana skin to rot. A banana and, skin. Yeah, that's quite quick rotting down, isn't it? Really. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, also they can reprocess it infinitely. um So yeah, it's really exciting news that the main at last be a pet. Uh, plastic that's not petrochemical that's sustainable and
1: and it's now it's it's sort of more easily available more um widely available it's going to be more widely available now that's what they've sort of this breakthrough they've been able it'll be more we able to will be able to use it in more situations and it's also apparently got unique fire resistant properties which is very good yeah
0: Yeah. um yeah it's just we've just got to get our governments to realize that they need to fund this and and move in this direction rather than propping up the fossil fuel industries and giving them carte blanche over everything
1: indeed so yes spirulina that's spelt s p i r u l i n a for anyone listening who wants to find out a bit more about that um and final updates um for the news section so um The people have probably heard about the Bristol Livable Neighbourhoods scheme that has been going on in Bristol recently. Well, the consultation has been going on and the plan was, I think, to bring it in uh, this autumn but there is going to be a delay after after backlash. The traffic restriction trial will now be introduced over winter rather than the autumn following accusations of inadequate consultation by some locals. That's the write-up in the Bristol Cable. I know the Bristol Post has also covered this. So Bristol City Council will delay launching the East Bristol Livable Neighbourhood Trial Scheme which has sparked controversy among local residents as it promises extra consultations. The scheme which would be Bristol's first will stop vehicles driving through a large area of Barton Hill Redfield and St George. It won't stop cars being able to get into those areas but people won't be able to cut through them to use them as a rat run. Residents and businesses can keep access but might face a less convenient route. The aims are to tackle air pollution and encourage people to drive less The trial was due to launch this autumn. But the council has now said changes will come into force over the winter following another formal consultation after lots of residents have raised concerns about it. The council have said that they did send out thousands of surveys to local households and businesses, ran workshops and roadshows, went door to door, visited schools and 1500 people were responded to the first survey in the second stage of engagement they sent out. Thousands more letters, and spoke to different key local state stakeholders such as emergency services and community and faith groups. But there has been a lot of backlash; people concerned um, and feeling that they have uh, they've been left out and sort of been ignored. Similar schemes to Liverpool neighbourhoods have already been tried in Oxford, Cambridge, Bath, and several boroughs in London. London. The main idea is to reduce rat runs through residential areas. The public response has been mixed in those areas as well, with strong feelings both for and against. So there's going to be another formal consultation. Um, Don Alexander from the council has said that no long-term decisions have been made about the liveable neighbourhood. The trial scheme is an opportunity to test out the measures and that it may be something that we try and get residents in the area both for and against in on the show in uh, the weeks to come in order to talk about why they support or don't support the scheme, what their concerns are about pollution or access. Um, So it has been very controversial and we will see how that goes so let's play a little bit more music and then we will uh yeah then we'll get into it with linda and hear all about the green gathering festival what it what it does what it stands for and how you can attend if you want kick us off by because I i admit, I don't until until I met you until we started communicating I knew nothing about the Green Gathering um, so please explain what on earth is it?
0: Well the Green Gathering started many years ago back in the 80s um, as just a small camp with just a few people attending and over the years it grew into quite a large uh, frontline environmental event um, getting to its peak in the Late two thousands of twenty thousand people in a field, um, but we rebirthed it back in two thousand and eleven as the cli- as the sort of climate was changing around what people wanted from a festival and we decided that maybe it was time to make it a little bit more boutique and a little bit smaller so it's a bit more intimate and a bit more friendly so we rebirthed it as a 5000 event which is in Pissfield park in chepstow just behind the race course it's a beautiful piece of land that's um we liken it to a constable landscape. It's so beautiful. With the Vi- Y Valley running round us, the Y Valley Walk is just off-site. Um, and
1: it is just a stunning piece of countryside. I can't stress that enough. <laughs> I mean, it sounds idyllic. So what, what exactly happens during the Green Gathering? So it's, it's not just... It used to be just a group of people... 20 to 50 people gathering around for a camp but there's a lot more going on now because you have 5,000 people what do they do while they're there? Well we have a host of workshops and
0: talks and information around environmentalism about upskilling and teaching ancient crafts um, healing areas so you can spend some time relaxing and Making yourself feel better. We have kids' space. We have a campaigns area. Oh, we have a teen space as well, because obviously teens. A, a teen space. Yeah, yeah, well, teens don't want to be called children, so Very you kind true. of have to treat them in a different way and make them feel included, too, because we like to feel that everyone's included. Um, so, yeah, we provide a lot of different spaces, a lot of things going on. It's incredibly busy. I think we run somewhere in the region of about 140 talks plus workshops. Wow. Um around everything you know you can do stone carving or you can do copper bowl making you can do basket weaving um, wow sit and put the world's right <laughs> what a lot of people get up to but we just want to make sure that everyone comes along and has a great time you know and find something different to do. They can find things that they weren't aware of and it's so nice to see people picking up and learning the ancient skills because it's becoming so obvious that we're losing so much of that and in a time where the climate is in an emergency situation we really do need to think about upskilling and learning how to do things on a local level rather than on a global level so if you can sit at home and whittle your own bit of wood and make <laughs> something or, re, or repair uh, you know that's such a big thing we throw things away so easily so we're sort of encouraging people to go along to repair cafes and, and and seeing if they can make stuff that they've bought last that much longer so that we're not producing more well, that's so important now that we just kind of try and damp down the consumerism and and start looking at how we can live in tune with the planet rather than just
1: on it. Wow! Well, so it's, it sounds incredibly crafty. So people can try out loads and loads of different different new skills. But there's also um, there's also talks from authors and activists, and there's bands as well. Is that right?
0: Yes, we have over seventy bands coming to play oh over the what is it four days. So yeah the bands are quite busy it's quite busy there's lots of music <laughs> going on but during the day we try and encourage people to get out and get involved with workshops and talks and learn things and and just have a really diverse and fun time
1: yeah and and you and it's described as an off grid festival. So, what does that mean? So, you don't have generators. I heard that back in the day, um, you used to use bicycles to power things. Well, many years ago, before <laughs> the solar panel became
0: a thing, uh, we used to have these static bicycles where you'd have a group of four people on the bicycle pedaling away like crazy, uh, charging up batteries whilst <laughs> the, the bands are on using the batteries that are charged, and the cyclists <laughs> are there pedaling like mad to make sure that the next band's got power. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but now solar panels have come long and we have a lot of solar providers come in so we do everything off grid we don't plug anything into a generator
1: um so
0: yeah, yeah it's just like showing that actually you can do it without the national grid
1: yeah yeah and I mean you've you've actually won awards haven't you for yes. for being a green festival yes
0: we have we've had a raft of awards now this year we've taken the international greenest festival award um the first UK festival To hold that award so we're really quite excited about that yeah
1: that sounds like a big one (laughs) yeah (laughs) and 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 there's and in terms of recycling um yeah there's so how how do you sort of deal with waste on site so waste on site we have a company that comes in um called green sweep
0: who look at our recycling in a very dynamic way so there's 13 recycling points when you get to the bin you stand there with your bag of rubbish for about 20 minutes trying to figure out which <laughs> bin each little piece needs to go into Um, So it's a real education. It really teaches you a lot about the different types of plastic that are being made. Um, What we do try and encourage is people not to use compostable plastics at the moment because they really aren't.
1: Are they not?
0: No. And then if you put compostable plastics into plastic recycling... Then that causes a problem because it's a different type of plastic. What so. about, you
1: know, those compostable coffee cups you get? Because they're all the rage in Bristol now. Are they actually compostable or are they, is uh, that, that's, that's, that sounds like maybe a slightly different thing.
0: Well, they are compostable, but they do have a plastic liner a lot of them. Oh, okay. So you will still end up with a fine piece of plastic from the liner of the coffee cup. So, We encourage people to bring their own, you know, bring your own mug and clip it to your belt and carry it around. And, yeah, just encourage people to think more about what they're using and how they're using it. So we're owned by a charity, and our charity started up an initiative a few years ago called Croc and Rock. Um, and Croc and Rock hire out plates and cutlery. And once you've made it dirty, you can take it back and they'll wash it up for you. Oh, that's nice. And give it back. Um, that's just for a little fee and a, a small fee and a deposit. Um, but that's been going really
1: well and moving from strength to strength. So. And so that's at the festival as well. So yes. you don't have um, like polystyrene, takeaway food or whatever. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. No <laughs> polystyrene, no
0: plastic cartons, no plastic straws, no plastic cutlery. Yes. So everything has got to be as compostable as possible or it needs to be able to go into our recycling streams. So this is why we asked them not to bring compostable plastics because it does mean that a whole load of plastic would end up just going to an incinerator if you get mix in amongst it so yeah, you know, we try and encu- encourage people not to use compostable plastics because at the moment they're not that compostable with the new spirulina plastics <laughs> maybe maybe in a couple of years market, uh, yeah, maybe we'll that'll change everything that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And and what about getting there? Because obviously, travelling to get there, um, you know, do people come in cars, camper vans? How does that work? So we've rent our car
0: park from the race course. So everyone's got a hard-standing car park if they want to come in their cars. Because obviously, if you're bringing children, it can be very difficult to do that on public transport with all your equipment. So yeah, we do make provision for people with cars, but we do charge you for bringing your car. So you know it's it's balancing it out um yes we have camper vans um because people just prefer that you know with our audiences all getting we're all getting older so (laughs) you know tents are not for everyone so we
1: try and accommodate everybody's needs um yeah and and what about in terms of but if people do want to cycle or get the bus or the train there's some provision for that as well isn 't there? Yes, we do encourage
0: people to cycle if they can because it is obviously the greenest mode of transport we've got um also train station in Chepstow we have a we have a bus service of our own for bringing people from the car park to site because it is a bit of a distance and you know, we don't want you carrying all that stuff all that way, so we try and accommodate. You try and look as after easy people, for everyone as possible. And then that, um, and that, and that will that hopefully bus service also runs to the train station and the bus stops so if you're down in town you've just got to wait for half an hour and a bus will come by and pick you up and bring you up
1: and that hopefully encourage people to come by public transport rather than car as well if if that's if that works for them
0: yes because we do it with our crews we don't let them have as many vehicle passes as they want and <laughs> car parking passes and we encourage them to do lift shares and we have buses coming in and So, yeah, it's just about trying to limit that environmental impact because obviously events are, you know, they have an impact on the environment, but we try our best to try and make that as minimal as possible. Uh, But you've got to weigh it all up, haven't you, at the end of the day? And I think what we do in the field in educational sense sort of really helps offset travel costs. And actually, when people aren't at home, They are actually using less because they're out, they're camping, they're away, so the heating isn't running. They're not war heating water. They're away from home, and their bills sort of reduce slightly, and their environmental impact at home is less.
1: Yeah, and they're reconnecting with nature. And then you've got, um, yeah, because you said it's educational. So there's obviously a focus on environmentalism and social justice, and you've got speak, you know can you talk about some of the speakers coming to coming who're going to come and talk you mentioned i think dale vince is coming and there's going to be speakers and training from extinction rebellion and just stop oil
0: yes yes we do um non violent direct action training so teaching people how to have a voice and how to stand up and say look we're really not happy with the way our governments are behaving around the climate crisis so we teach people how to do that without sort of getting angry and getting arrested because we don't want that we don't want all that trouble going on um we've got del vince coming who's going to be talking about his new book the manifesto um del is the founder of ecotricity which was the first green uh major power supplier which is based in bristol um and he's also the owner of forest green rovers which is the first vegan green football club <laughs> so they have I didn't organic, know that I yeah. didn't know there was one <laughs> yeah no they have um all their food is vegan because Dale's a vegan so he pushed wow. that forward um they also have an organic grass field uh pitch that's what it's called it's called yes. pitch <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I'm not a big football fan either. No, don't worry. Either. <laughs> um, but
0: they do yeah they've they've pushed it as far as they can they are the greenest football club Um, In the country, Um, they've just won an award off of Surfers Against Sewage for the Plastic Free Awards for everything they're doing. Just amazing work there. And, yeah, it would be really nice to see more people sign up to electricity companies like Ecotricity to say, look, we're making a stand. We don't want your nuclear power stations and we don't want your fossil fuel. Um, But he's doing lots of other work as well because he's now um started he's been looking at trying to produce gas from grass
1: oh okay
0: so that's a project that he's been working on quite hard he's also been a great supporter of extinction rebellion and just stop oil because he can definitely see that there is legs on that and we need to make a difference as individuals because our government is just burying their head in the sand about the whole environmental front at the moment
1: yeah definitely Um, yeah well let's play some music from one of the bands a Bristol band who's going to be performing at um, at the Green Gathering this year Um so can yeah this is I think by the Hybrids do you want to introduce it tell is us it, a bit about them.
0: Yeah so the Hybrids are a hip-hop collective from Bristol um, the song that we're going to play I believe is Light Green um, so yeah
1: enjoy. And that was Bristol-based band The Hybrid with their song Light Green. And The Hybrid are just one of the bands and one of the Bristol bands going to be performing at the Green Gathering this year, 3rd to the 6th of August in Chepstow. We've got one of the organisers of the Green Gathering, Linda Benfield, here with us today telling us all about it. It's an off-grid festival. It's got music, workshop, activism. But um, yeah, you said, you were telling me, Linda, it's very audience participation focused isn't it it's not like you just sit there and it's done you know the festival's done to you or you just absorb it it's very interactive from what you've been saying
0: yes we try and encourage people to come and have a hands-on go at lots and lots of ancient crafts and and get involved with different things happening um yeah i've definitely say it's audience participation rather than just come into our arena and watch our music <laughs> <laughs> shop and, in our shops <laughs> yeah and
1: and that builds that sense of community and you know we were saying about you were saying about you know um some people have been coming to the festival for years and years and years but then you have the children of the festival goers coming back so you were saying someone has come in and like taken on her dad's old job and like it, can you tell us a bit about that
0: yeah, well, our production manager has just retired. Yeah, um, but his daughter's been sort of in the office sort of behind him, being the daughter of the production manager for many <laughs> years. And this year, she's really quite excited because now she's doing it on her own without her dad. Oh. Um, so yeah, we, yeah, encu- we're encouraging young people to come and get involved a bit more, looking at you know replacing some of us older people who are. You know getting a bit long in the tooth <laughs> and needing to retire, so yeah it's it's about encouraging the youth and encouraging change and and getting everyone involved but it is nice to see you know people children growing up and then taking on roles because they feel that you know they've got ownership um our campaigns area leader, her eldest son now is one of the trustees of the charity oh I've watched him grow up over the years uh, from a little baby it's. Yeah. Been amazing, and it's great to see them take ownership of yeah. something that we think everyone should have a little bit of. You know, it's the same with like the danger bunting because we hate plastic.
1: What? But tell, tell us about danger bunting. That sounds, uh, but that sounds somehow, yeah, very. I don't know. When I think of bunting, I wouldn't think of danger <laughs> next. <to it. laughs>
0: I was looking at a way to try and replace the. Uh, red and white plastic tape that you see all over festivals Um, because i hate it absolutely hate it it's such a waste it's very single use it's very difficult to reuse it so I came up with the idea of danger bunting and I've got shouted down quite a bit and everyone thought <laughs> I was mad. So anyway, we sort of gave it some legs and put an advert out on the website and said, Oh, if you can make ten metres of bunting, we'll give you a discount on your tickets. So, and it has to
1: be it has to be like red and white bunting or something, doesn't it? Yeah, it has, yeah, to, it has to be red
0: and white. Um, preferably upcycled materials. Um, but last year, um, our audience made us nearly half a kilometre of uh, <laughs> <Wow>. danger bunting. <laughs> um, and this year, we're, we're pushing it again. Um, so if you look on the website, there is a spot where you can come and make us 10 metres bunting. And Incredible. we'll give you a discount on your tickets. That uh, sounds
1: lovely. More
0: and more is needed. And uh, it's just really nice not to have to put out that plastic
1: and that's instead. like obviously to like fence off any no-go areas like if there's any dangerous spots on the park yeah that there's people a few can go trip to.
0: hazards and holes that just need to be fenced off and kept being made aware so lovely red and white bunting all around it sort of flapping around says hey don't come here
1: <laughs> but it also looks really nice and then yeah there's a lot other stuff that you're doing as well to make the festival more sustainable so you've been really pushing work around plastic free periods is that right
0: yes we last year we started on moon loos um, so we have some toilets that are specially set aside for women who are having their periods who are using reusable products like moon cups or reusable pads so they've got a private space to go in change wash stuff and then be able to come back out into the festival again, having done that. And that, you know, because a period pad will last longer than our life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And a lot of them end up
0: in the sea. Yeah. So it's just doing every little bit we can to try and make a difference environmentally and just it's it's all a learning curve for people as well so when they see these things happening it makes them think could I be doing this
1: myself and it's um and it makes it more accessible because sometimes when you go to a festival if you're on your periods then it can be a whole hassle if you need to change and you're like actually finding somewhere that I can do that is quite difficult and difficult as you say to do like a plastic free version so that's Moonloo that's a great name and but yeah you 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 put quite a lot of work into trying to make it inclusive. you got a specific assisted access area or something like that? Yes, we encourage people to come along from all walks of life. We have
0: some quite severe disabilities now that come to site... Um, but we have an area which is managed and has a team to look after people we even have buggies for people who can't walk very far so the team will take them out and drop them off it's like a little bus internal bus service and they've just phone call and they'll come out and pick them back up and take them on to the next place they want to go because it is quite a big open space um, and it is difficult for people with mobility issues to get around so we try and give them as much as we can to encourage them to come along and have that freedom that people who are more able-bodied can get without even thinking about it. So, yeah, it's just important to see that this inclusivity and everyone can... Yeah. and but unfortunately, our assisted access area is already fully booked this year. Oh, so you're, you're too, it's you're too popular. Early, <laughs> it's a
1: book early situation. Oh, well, I mean, that's a that's a nice problem to have. And that is so it's so popular. Um, yeah, because you've got seven different areas of activity going on. You've talked about some of them already, the teen space, the family area. But there's also permaculture and healing and yoga workshops. Can you tell us a bit about that? So permaculture is a discipline
0: of gardening that looks at how we garden without disrupting what's going on in the soil because we rely on the mycelian fungus to bring the nutrition to the plants that we plant. And every time we dig the garden, we're breaking that up and we're breaking it down. And this is why people end up using fertilisers because the mycelium isn't there to bring the nutrition to the plants so permaculture looks at a way of gardening with nature rather than against nature and there's lots and lots of workshops going on in permaculture to learn about all different avenues of working with the land um healing area is just that you can go in you can book yourself a massage or you can come and do morning qigong or There's um, some sort of laughter workshops, dance workshops, all sorts happening um, in the transformative adaptation area, which we call Trad, down at the bottom. They kind of do a lot of personal development. Um, so they do yoga workshops down there and have talks around personal development and and try and help people with mental health issues and just... just helping people understand that the planet is not an infinite resource it's finite and we need to learn to live with it not on it
1: yeah, I mean this. I mean this all sounds great. People listening might be thinking, "Oh, surely this is too good to be true." You know, you're taking up green space. You're probably disrupting the local wildlife. You know, what sort of conversations or work has been done around that?
0: We've done all sorts of work around the natural natural environment. We've been working with the Gwent Wildlife Trust. Um, to discuss what we can do more to protect the precious woodlands which are really quite unusual around us because it's the Y Valley Um, that's one of a very rare type of woodlands in the UK which is dominated by yew trees some of which are giants with over a five meter girth and probably about 750 years old. Um, We've had people come in and do research on the bats that live in the area um which was quite nice once they came, their report came back because they said that actually they were just going about their normal daily lives whilst the <laughs> festival was on
1: um, normally with large they events. Weren't, they weren't so. bothered, they were like whatever.
0: Yeah, whatever.
1: Although uh, didn't, you said they chased the researchers around at one point, is that Yeah, it? there was
0: one day where the researchers came up the hill looking really quite bothered being chased by a bat who wouldn't leave them alone, which was really quite amusing. Um, but generally, <laughs> when they're
1: not being researched, they're just like getting on with their daily lives, they're not bothered
0: yeah they're not bothered at all obviously because we're solar we don't have the level of noise that you would get with generator run events so I think that helps is because we do keep the levels down slightly just to make the power last if the weather's bad we've got to make the power last (laughs) Well, last year was an exception all our power providers were going use more power what (laughs) because it was so
1: sunny it was so
0: sunny every you know if we just had power in abundance but that's not the same every year
1: yeah and you because um because obviously a lot of people camp overnight it's a thursday to sunday festival and people can come down for the day but a lot of people stay overnight but you're saying actually the camping area is quite sheltered it's it's you know you've been through all sorts of weathers and it's pretty resilient
0: yeah the camping area is sort of protected from most of the high winds that come in they come and sort of hit the main event but where the camping is it sort of drops down into a lovely bowl which protects them from all the wind and craziness Um, we've never had any rain problems as the ground drains really well so we don't see an awful lot of mud even if it is wet so that's really nice and we also protect the grass for the people coming to visit us rather than us drive all over it and chew it up with the equipment that we're putting it together with. So, yeah, we try and look after it as much as we can. Mm. We have a group that come in every year now and do surveys of nighttime insects, so moths and any other insects that are out at night. They sit with their bright lamps and little catch um, umbrellas and um, people sit and study the, the different types of rare insects that sort of come around. We're aware that there's um, rare beetles and that uh, live in the woodlands, and a species of whitebeam tree that are only found in the low, in the lower Y valley. Wow! So yeah, there's quite a lot going on in the woodland, and you know, and we're just diversity is so important, and we're always encouraging people to just. Not go into the woodlands and help themselves to a lovely little pile of wood they see because they might be disturbing someone's home.
1: Very good point, yes and okay so i mean this so it sounds incredible it sounds like a really lovely community spirit for anyone who's kind of interested in the environment and protecting the world the earth and the climate and it's a thursday to sunday event i mean you've been doing this for years years now what's your what's your favorite bit what sort of keeps you coming back through all the months of work leading up to it
0: I think what inspires me the most is seeing all the people who come along and just seeing these smiles plastered across their faces and that everyone is just so happy and that's what inspires me to keep going the fact that I'm doing something that makes people's hearts sing
1: that oh what a lovely what a lovely way to end I mean yes is there any how can people find out more about the festival and is there anything else you want to you want to say
0: Oh, there's so much I could say, <laughs> um, but we're, we don't want to be going on all day. We haven't got. Um, we what have I want to say know. is just check out our website. There's lots and lots of information on there. It's greengathering.org.uk. Um, you can buy tickets there. You can get involved because we do try and be as inclusive as we possibly can. So we're aware of people from low-income families um, who need a break, just the same as the rest of us. So... You know, you can come along and join our stewards. You've got to do a few hours every day and that will give you your ticket and a meal. So we we try and ensure that we include as many people as we can around every sort of avenue. So, yeah, if you don't think you can afford a festival, check out the website anyway, because there may still be a job you can come along and do just come and get involved come and take ownership come and be part of our bigger family oh
1: I wish listeners could see how much you're smiling as you talk about all this so you clearly love it so much and yeah so it's um third to the sixth of August Thursday to Sunday but people can come for all of that or part of that or just the day there's all those tickets are on the website is that right that's correct. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming, Linda. Do you want to... We're going to play, I think, a song um, from another Bristol band that you told me about that's going to be playing um, at the festival. Do you want to introduce the band? Uh, this is Caesar the Day. Caesar the
0: Day are a very old, seasoned band who have been around the environmental activism scene for years and years and years. They've got some really poignant messages within their songs. So, yeah, this is
1: Seize the Day. So, we are almost at the end of our show. Where has the time gone? Uh, We'll sum up with a couple uh, last things. So... The Bristol Climate Cafe is starting again. That is uh, happening on the 26th of July, the 23rd of August, and the 8th of September. And this is uh, an event held to—it's a climate cafe. It's a welcoming space where fears and uncertainties about the climate and ecological crisis can be safely expressed. It's a supportive group where people can come together and talk about it. And I believe the Bristol ones happen um, in Sparks, Bristol, which is where the M&S store used to be in Broadmead. And so it's happening on those. Those evenings, But just Google Bristol Climate Cafe to find the Eventbrite page. And yes, it's happening on the 26th of July, the 4th of August and the 23rd of August in the evening or during the day. So do check that out if that sounds like something you might be interested in and thank you so much again to Linda for joining us and telling us all about the Green Gathering thank you to our listeners for uh, listening, without you there is no show please do join us next week when we're going to be talking to Thomas from the Great Ant Exhibition so this is an ant exhibition uh, coming to uh, the Bristol area in later in August and Thomas is going to be telling us all about what you can expect if ants are something that you are interested in that someone in your family is interested in it signs like uh, a really unique specific uh, specific event where you'll probably learn loads about ants that you never knew about before so do check that out as well but yeah thanks so much everyone for listening do keep it locked to bcfm for more tunes and chat i think we've got lunchtime with tristan b coming up after this but well, that's all for me shona gem for now so please take care have a good day look after yourselves look after the planet look after each other and remember if you want to find out more about the green gathering just go to their website greengathering.org.uk this is the podcast version of one love one planet the award-winning environmental radio show broadcast every tuesday at 11am on bcfm radio available on 93.2 fm on digital radio and on the bcfm website the show was produced and presented by shona jemfrey You can find us on Twitter at Shona Jemfrey and at BCFM Radio.